Good day to everybody. Welcome to Generation Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm joined by my dad, Jack. How are you today? I'm doing great. Doing fine. Happy Monday. Yeah. I, uh, uh, <clears throat> I've had a kind of a, a busy weekend. How about yourself? Oh, yeah. I had a busy weekend for sure. Uh, in fact, uh, since the show last week, I've also done some major shuffling around here in the Shack Outback studio. You remember the desk that you got in Ohio from the salvage yard? In fact, I think I went with you. I was all of like first grade or something. Yeah, it was a big old executive desk that was right. about three feet across, uh, to front to the back and right it's five, five six foot wide it's five like five foot wide and three foot deep and uh and yeah and uh, uh drawers for hanging files and stuff yep and solid oak and uh heavy heavy yeah <laughs> so uh i took uh three people to get it into my shack out back studio and get it where i wanted it and you know it's not a large space it's a small space here it's about eight by ten and I decided that it, we've got like this nook area off of our living room that we had a table set up on it as a desk. And I said, you know what? I want to put the real desk there instead of this table. Oh. Uh, and so um, Thursday, I decided to move it by myself. <laughs> and there's a narrow area between my sh- the the shack out back and 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 getting it out where you we we lifted it over the con. Uh, the uh, compressor part or condenser part of uh, an air conditioning unit. And so that would be impossible for one person. But I found out that if I turned it the right direction, I could literally just kind of like roll it forward and then lift it up over and just roll it over that section. And uh, I had uh, a bunch of of, uh, shipping blankets and stuff that I put down on the ground and just – I. What took 10 minutes and three people to put in took one person four hours to take back out and put into the living room, but I did it. <laughs> I uh, I did it. I A lot of breaks. I would do, move a little bit, and then I'd go inside where the air conditioning was and sit down and relax, <laughs> and then come back out and move it a little more. <laughs> I got yeah. it stuck in one doorway, so I then unstuck it and drove it around, pulled you know on my, my little uh, hand truck, uh, brought it around to the other side of the house, come in the other doorway. Yeah. Uh, but I got it in. It's now sitting in the so, living room. Sounds, sounds like you and Kate had a little bit in common. Yesterday, she moved the dresser from uh, uh, Haley's house to hers, mm-hmm. and she wanted to borrow my car. And I said, well, she can't move it. Thing probably be too heavy. I'll just uh-huh. come along with her and help out. But mm-hmm. anyway, we, she finally concluded that maybe she could because I had a little roller uh-huh. that she could put it on. And stuff. Yeah, but, a little little. Hand truck, little dolly, dolly. Yeah. yeah, yep, that's what but, I use. Yeah, but and she used that at Haley's house, and they helped her get it in the car. But then the dolly, she said, I haven't been to her house yet. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And she said that there was no way to use it because too many steps and other things. Yeah. So, but uh, apparently it was with the drawers out and all. It wasn't as heavy as. Yeah, I had imagined. That's part of the trick is taking the drawers out. I took out. I didn't take out all the drawers on the big desk, but I took out some. That made it a little easier. Yeah, but anyway, she managed to get it in and and got back. Got back barely in time for us to leave because we was a quarter till five and we had Mm. adoration five. But anyway, so got there, did it. Yep. Yep. Sounds like we both had a busy time. 
So and we'll talk about it later the rest of the weekend. But my weekend ended by going to a uh, an open house slash home housewarming. My niece and her husband bought their first home, and it's a they're they're about uh, I don't know fifteen miles from us. And so we went over there to see their home. It was built in 1925, and it's beautiful. Beautiful wow. little bungalow. It's uh, one of those brick houses over there near the mountain? No, it's not brick at all. It's it's a wooden oh. house, a little, little uh, like craftsman bungalow. Oh. Uh, I think they said it was like 1,150 square feet. But it was bigger than the half of the duplex that they had been renting prior to that. So they got more space. Plus, it has a garage, a separate garage in the back that that the back half of the garage was uh, like they they cut the depth of the garage down a little bit. And then the um, uh, they put an office out there with its own little air conditioning unit. So they've got a nice little office. And underneath that is a cellar. Oh, wow. uh, apparently there had been like a, that's unusual in California, but there it was like a potato cellar or something like that at one point in time. But, uh, you know, it's about an eight by 10 space in the cellar. So that, you know, it's, you can stand up. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, uh, not great. You know, the stairs are a little steep and stuff. It's not, it's not great entrance and you have to lift up the floor in your office to get down there. Oh. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, you could set that up as a nice little wine cellar or, you know, it's additional storage, whatever you want to use it for. But it was, it was a nice place and a beautiful covered patio in the back. And so, uh, yeah, we, uh-huh. we all agreed they're going to, they're going to host, uh, they wanted to host Thanksgiving for the extended family this year. So we'll be back over there. Uh-huh. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah. Yeah. Real nice little place. I'll share some <clears throat> pictures with you later. Um, so, and then, uh, like I said, we'll talk about the rest of my weekend sort of at the end here, uh, which I think we teased a little bit last week before we left. So, um, but anyway, let's, let's move on to some tech stuff. So, uh, we've got a rumor here that Apple is prepping a lower cost vision pro that's very likely not going to have the eyesight feature. And for those who don't remember, the eyesight feature was the, the virtual eyeballs on the outside of the screen so that when you looked at somebody, they could see you looking back at them, um, which is really cool. But I looked at that and said, but that's so not necessary that, you know, the world already accepts that when somebody's got a, a mask or goggles on, that that's a normal thing. You know, it's, yeah. it's it, it, we've seen those with with and uh, especially you know, if they know they're virtual. fake eyes anyway, they're not your eyes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just it was kind of a. The concept to me just seemed weird to begin with, but uh, it was cool, but it was just weird. Um, But, you know, if they can knock the price down a thousand bucks by getting rid of that, which is kind of what they're implying is going to happen here. Well, there um, were several other things they got as mm -hmm. a result of that. It was affiliated with several cameras, and that's was yeah. additional cost and weight. Sure, sure. So, they also say uh, that this other model will probably have a lower resolution screen. Now, that, I think, is a mistake. Yeah. You know. Uh, the, you know, in fact, uh, in talking well, to some people who are professional video people and listening to some of them on some other podcasts, they're saying that the, the 4,000, uh, you know, the 4k per eye is really the minimum and that they should, you know, somewhere between six and eight is where it's almost indistinguishable, indistinguishable from well, reality. They'll still have the other one, I think, as a pro. This article just focuses on the cost reduction because they're not going to sell many otherwise. No, I agree. But what I'm saying is is that lowering the quality of the experience is a bad idea. Taking away some features is fine. Yeah, right. You know? And so I think that if they're, you know, of course, this is a, is a rumor. My guess is that Apple would say, no, we're not going to lower the quality of the 
of the images that you see because that's important. But we'll take away the, you know, the, uh, yeah, yeah, the eyesight feature and, and, uh, you know, maybe, I, I don't, I don't know, I can't think of some other, you know, things that they might do, but, uh, you know, maybe it won't be able to do things like record video, um, like the other one was supposed to be able to record, you know, um, but, that, but, but you that can do that with your phone now, so. Yeah. Uh, any, anyhow, it'll be, uh, it doesn't surprise me because, uh, as, as a business, uh, the product they, they want to sell enough that they can make money and so oh, they yeah. realize that that there's a lot of people who would like it but just don't need all of the features oh yeah want all the features and so, so they're just addressing the mass audience and uh, even though there's you're right people love the quality of the big ones they might accept the other ones as long as you can see a uh, let's say something that's bigger than your TV. Yeah, you don't have you don't have to see the room width uh, in the vision uh, of this thing, it, but if you if you look at a smaller screen, you can have still adequate resolution. Yeah, I don't know. I, I suspect uh, my guess is they're not going to accept a lower quality image visually for the user. But I think things like the eyesight are obvious to get rid of. I really think the the external cameras that allow you to record video, they'll get rid of that because they're going to say, well, a lot of people are going to have iPhones anyway, and the newest iPhones can record the video, you know, the spatial video. So, you know, why duplicate that feature on the headset unless you want the pro version of the headset? That seems like a really easy place to make a a, draw a line between the pro and the, and the, you know, standard vision what do you call it? Yeah. If it's Vision Pro, then what's the regular one called? Just the Vision? Vision. Well, this, <laughs> I, I, I was speculating about that. I don't know that there will be a Vision Pro, but it just seems obvious mm-hmm. that they're going to have a have a reduced uh, version. Well, they're calling. They, 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 they've already announced the one called Vision Pro. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. This, so oh, so I I, my question okay. is, what are they going to call the non-Vision Pro? They're going to just call it the Vision Vision Deluxe, <laughs> <Yeah>. Vision <laughs> right? Max. Right? It's going to sound. It's going to sound good. It just won't be pro. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you, if you go by their uh, their chip naming, right, then there'll be a Vision, a Vision Pro, a Vision Max, and a Vision Ultra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they ought to be consistent. Anyway. Yeah, except they aren't because, <clears throat> like with the with the iPhones, you know, you can get an iPhone, an iPhone uh, Plus, an iPhone. Pro and an iPhone Pro Max. Oh, Max, yeah. yeah. So the 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 iPhone Plus and the iPhone Pro Max are essentially the same size. Why isn't one just an iPhone Max and the other one an iPhone Pro Max? I don't know. You know. Yeah. Talk to Apple marketing. That's uh, confusing. <clears throat> yeah. They're confusing us. That's what marketing is not supposed to do. Mm. Well, they're supposed to confuse you without letting you know you're being confused so that you, oh. they, they, then, <laughs> then you stumble into spending more money. That's uh, what they're really supposed to do is get you to spend money. <laughs> that's what marketing's that's right. real job that's is. So, uh, yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I don't think this is a surprise to anybody. Anybody who saw the original announcement and said $3,500, um, you know, it's it's going to be like well there has to be a a more affordable affordable version somewhere in the future. Um, yeah. The question is where and when, right, and how long it takes to get here. Right. So anyhow, uh, I just had to mm-hmm. uh, 
that's that's definitely some first time I've heard about it. And I said, well, that's good good news. I think from the mm-hmm. standpoint of of uh, uh, expanding the customer base anyway. Uh, so, uh, anything else we need to say about that one? I don't think so. I mean, it's you know, it's like uh, it's. Like all rumors, until they actually have it, you don't have a whole lot to talk about other than does that, you know, does what they're suggesting make sense? And, you know, kind of, yeah. Obviously, I think they're gonna, there's going to be a, a more affordable model when and where that is, you know, whether it's the, what we're calling the pro now just comes downline, you know, a year after it ships because they'll have a new one that's got, you know, higher res screens or whatever. I don't know. Uh, yeah. or whether they'll actually design a, a more basic model. I don't know. You know, I'm sure Apple is looking at both options and saying, well, what makes more economic sense given, you know, production costs and capabilities at any given point in time. So, but yeah, other than that, I think we're done. 4K Apple TV. Yeah, I guess there's um, what to expect next. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the most recent one uh, came out uh, last fall, so it's about a year old, I guess. November of 2022, yes, it's almost exactly a year. Um, I have one of these. I have, and this is the one that um, that has, there's two different models, like there's always been a 32K and a 64K. But mm-hmm. on this model, the 64K added two things that the, that the uh, 32K did not. One of those was an Ethernet port on the back so that it could be wired in, instead of wireless. And the second mm-hmm. one was it has a thread radio in it, which the other one did not have and with the home support and stuff that i have uh, the, or the home kit setup that i have it just seemed important to me to uh um, have, have the thread have least. the thread radio you know that just makes your thread network stronger and the more thread devices you have because it's a mesh network that sort of auto, is auto healing right you know the more things that you add to it or, or if you take something away from it you don't have to do oh. any setup it just suddenly recognizes that there's a thread network and Yep. I, always, I wonder about that, though. If some guy parks in front of your house and cranks up a thread device, is it suddenly now on your thread network? Sounds like it. You know, how do they know? Uh, you know what? I think it's a thread, but it still has to, uh, like, self-identify through your... Um, uh, through uh, the IP address and your router. And so if you, he can't connect to your network, then he can't do it. Yeah. Speaking of, some, of yeah. something like that, uh, last week I had... An iPad Pro, another iPad Pro appear on my network. Hmm. I haven't removed it yet, but I can't identify it, so maybe I should. Uh, Talk to Katie. My daughter has an iPad Pro, an original uh, 9.7 inch iPad Pro. Oh, well. It's an old. Maybe she brought it over with her. I don't know. Yeah, might have been in a backpack or something. Yeah. So anyway, somehow it's it's on my system. Yeah, and I have no idea what hers is called, so I don't know if you can identify it one way or another that way, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, when I'm on the the one that belongs to me, it says this one, you know, so it, yeah. it self identifies that. Yeah. Uh, so I know I know which one's mine, but yeah, yeah. A while back, um, I sent her my older iPad Pro and the Pencil 1 that I had that, w- that was with it. And so that's what she's been using as her mm. iPad. So Yeah. 
So, oh, okay. Anyway, the the uh, the I, I will say that that the uh, the newest uh, what third generation Apple TV 4K. The box was a little bit smaller. Um, uh, it it certainly draws the graphics and the screens and stuff quicker without any hesitation. You know, because it's got an yeah. A15 in it. Um, it's been well, a pretty good box, actually. Before I bought my TV, I was going to get one of these. But, in fact, since I have a 4K with a built-in uh, TV app, uh, mm-hmm. that's at least a 4K yeah. version, you know. Yeah, and yeah. It's it's built-in. The, the only... The only drawback or, or question that some people would have is that, that most of the CPUs that are put into televisions for the smart TVs are underpowered compared to the Apple TV. And so the um, uh, the interface is not as, as, as fluid sometimes. Yes. You know. Speak, speaking of which, there was an article that I don't think I added to our list to talk about, but I'll mention the headline, and that is that Apple TV now has seven percent of the streaming market, mm-hmm. which is a pretty good chunk. It is for something that they, for you know, what the first couple years that it was out, just referred to it as a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was like yeah. it's a hobby. Well, you know? I think a lot of it. I think a lot of it has to do with the publicity they've received for the shows that they have. That they yeah. So now, it's, it's the uh, well, only let's clarif- place you can get those. You let's know? clarify. Were you talking that Apple TV? Has seven percent, or Apple TV Plus has seven percent of the streaming. Apple TV Plus is the service. Apple TV is the box, which is really confusing. Again, marketing is making this not clear. Yes. Well, I uh, think it's. I think that I, I saw the article too, and it was referring to Apple TV Plus as a streaming service, as at seven percent. And so that was, you know, it, it was actually pretty well, impressive given the short lifespan that it's had. Well, in any case, I believe when it's sold in a in a 4K set that it's going to use 4K quality because that's the key thing. Right. Well, it's one of the key things. You want 4K. You want it to be able to um, also provide uh, support for either Dolby Vision or HDR10 or HDR10 Plus, so that you get the high quality color palette underneath it. Uh, and, and I have that in the TV. And then thirdly, you want uh, something that has is designed so that it has enough mem- uh, memory in the device that it can buffer the the show if your internet uh, hiccups, so that you don't have the show stopping and in, and in, and waiting to to buffer. You know, everybody has a buffer. I have no idea what the size is. Yeah, they don't talk about it, but that's one thing I've noticed. Like, I have a couple smart TVs. Well, actually, all of my TVs are smart TVs, and they all offer the uh, Apple TV Plus service on them as well as, you know, Netflix and Hulu and other things. I still prefer using the Apple TV box because it seems to have less issues with buffering. It just Again, because it's got a faster CPU, it's just a better designed unit in general, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, and it additionally acts as an additional hub for my home kit devices. So, so for me, it's just, it makes yeah. sense, but I understand people saying, well, why would I want to spend that money? It's built into my television set. And they've certainly, as the newer television sets have come out, the smart capabilities have gotten better and better. I mean, they threw it in as a feature a long time ago and some of them were just flat out awful, you know, yeah. whatever they were using to to power their interface to, to you know, launch Netflix or Apple TV Plus or Disney was just terrible. Um, but they've gotten significantly better. So, yeah. But as far as the Apple TV Plus service goes, um, 
I think they've got some of the best uh, content that you can stream. They've been really good. The guys they hired away from, I think it was Sony, have been really good at picking the right shows. And while not all of them are necessarily my bailiwick, they are a whole bunch of really good shows. They have sponsored some really good movies over a period of time or purchased the, the distribution rights for some really good movies. Um, it's just, I, I'm impressed with, with their, um, depth and breadth of content for something, for a service that's only been around for what, two years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, yeah, I, I, and I watch a lot of their stuff. Well, I, I'm just not in the habit of having that box on about the only thing we use it for is when company comes and we want to talk about pictures, I can access my pictures to it, which mm-hmm. I can't with the app and the TV. And uh, yeah. the other one is that in that same application is is videos that mom that your mom uses for exercises. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much the use that it gets here. Yeah. So I, I can't see upgrading to a 4K for that. Yeah. Picture. You know, if if the um, if the streaming interface and content is uh satisfactory for you as far as the um um you the know quality. the built-in one on the television works for you then use it you know don't yeah. spend extra money you know uh i know that where you're at you've got good quality internet um you know mine has always been dicey <laughs> it's yeah. it's not the best quality <laughs> internet and so um uh, although I did change service providers a couple months back, so um, and it's been better. Um, but um, you know, it's uh, I, like I said, one of the advantages of um, of the Apple TV to me has been that it appears to, and again, nobody seems to want to put the specs out, but it appears to have a better uh, quality buffer in there, and so I don't have any hiccups in my streaming that I did at times with the built-in software on some of the smart TVs. So. Mm-hmm. So you know, yeah. I, you know, my recommendation to people would be spend the minimum amount of money to get the maximum uh, or, uh, or the minimum acceptable uh, quality. You know, yep. <laughs> and if you can get the minimum acceptable quality with something that's built in, then then do it. Yeah. So. So I, I I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I, I've I've only bought two Apple TVs. Mm-hmm. Neither one of them are 4K. The first one was an early version that doesn't even work anymore. So, it's, yeah, I don't even have it plugged in. Yeah, you probably shouldn't so, have it. I probably shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah I don't, it just sits here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's 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 with a TV that doesn't get used much anymore either. So, yeah. The main thing I should probably shut off uh, at least two channels of my TV service. And save myself twenty dollars a month. Yeah, I've, I've got it going to four rooms, of which two, well, really only one room gets used enough to make it worth anything. So yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things I haven't got around to. Yeah, no, I too have it going to three different television sets in my house, and it, and we watch two of them. One of them, uh, I don't remember the last time it was turned on. So why I'm paying for three TVs is yeah. You know, it's one of those things you every once in a while, you should probably do like a spring cleaning assessment of your of your tech. Right. And go through and like what what subscription services am I paying for that I don't need? You know, and that includes like 
the streaming shows, you know, do I need Netflix? Do I need Hulu? Do I need Paramount Plus and Peacock? And, you know, uh, right. Or whatever yeah. else. Uh, but Instead, also, you know, do I need this cable box? <laughs> do I need mo- this? Most of us got service packed on top of service, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to wean my wife off of DirecTV satellite and just say, you know, everything you want to watch there is available on streaming. And she goes, yeah, but I've got all my shows recorded so I can watch them later. And I went, but they're all available on streaming. You don't have to record them. You can watch them whenever. And, you know, her head is wrapped around the way she does it, and it would be different. And it would be a different <laughs> interface. Well, and, and to her to, to her credit, right now, when she goes to the stuff that she has set to record, she goes into the, the menu of recorded things, and there's a list with the most recently recorded thing at the top. And it and it's, you know, it doesn't matter which yeah. channel it's from or which service. It's all in one list. That doesn't well, exist in streaming. Yeah. You know, that, and so right. and so then she has to remember, okay, the show that I wanted to watch this, you know, today is uh on on this app and I have to go launch this app and then within the app you have to go find the thing that you want to watch and the yeah. apps make it really difficult to go find stuff because uh-huh. they want you to see all their new stuff and he's like I don't care about your new stuff. I want to watch the show that I watch every Tuesday at 10 o'clock, you know? Um, and so it's, it's a less user friendly way of getting to your stuff. You know, exactly. I I have it the same way. You Mm -hmm. know, it's, it's the cable company set it up to be nice and easy like that. Yeah. You know, let me help you. Yeah. Well, you know, and (laughs) Apple tried to do that and they sort of do in that they have a list of most recently watched stuff on the Apple TV and it's all of the shows that you most recently have watched. Or if there's a new episode of a show, it'll pop into that same list. Things you're watching. The only service mm-hmm. that doesn't feed into that is Netflix. Netflix refused to do it. And Netflix had a big enough chunk of the market that Apple said, okay, fine. Then we'll, we'll let you be on the device anyway. Because if they didn't, they know they would have lost a bunch of people. But, uh, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, so if you're watching something on, on, that streams on Hulu or on Disney, uh, it'll be in that list. And when a new episode comes up, it'll pop up in that list. So that makes it pretty easy. You know, um, I have noticed on that, on that end though, that Apple has been playing around with where that list is. It used to be the first thing at the top and now they're putting, you know, they won't call it ads, but it's ads for stuff on their streaming network. Like oh, sure. one thing about Apple TV that is just annoyed the living daylights out of me is they spent money to well yeah they they spent money to to be the exclusive source for for um msl major league soccer and they've got a big deal that you know that uh lionel messi one of the best players in the world came to the united states to play for the miami uh uh i don't remember the name maybe i think they're called the hurricane or something like that their their soccer team right and uh and so all over apple uh, TV Plus, there's links to sign up for Major League Soccer and, and see Messi. And, and I could care less, and I don't want it, and it's all over. You cannot well, not you, see it. Now, Tobin's the gen- first generation, really, that played much soccer as a kid. You well, didn't play in soccer, our, did you? It, no, but you're saying in our country. you got to preface that. The rest of the world's been playing soccer for a long time. That's what I, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I'm just saying it's generational, and they have yeah. to know that there's that they're limited to people that old and younger. Yeah, I think they yeah. just want to market it to everybody, and and they're thinking that if they keep sticking it in people's faces, somebody's going to go look at it and watch it, and maybe they'll find that they like it. Well, there'll um, be a few, but not, yeah, 
significant. That's well. I, if you, know, you don't understand the game, why would you watch it? You know? What it, what just annoys me is is that you know I'm paying for a service to get to streaming stuff. I would like to have more control over my interface. I don't want to see ads. I'm already paying you money. Why are you putting advertisements in my face? Yeah. You know, that's and, and and they all do it. It's not it's not like it's you know exclusive to apple tv but you know and of course they'll all go we're not allowing ads we're just you know we're we're just giving you suggestions about content so that you can watch things that you maybe wouldn't see otherwise uh, yeah. like yeah that's called an ad <laughs> yeah you know yeah. by any other name uh but it's annoying so um so let's see Next one up was yeah. the air tags thing. That's getting to be a major problem. I really, really don't like this kind of reporting. I don't think it's a major problem. I think they're blaming Apple for something that Apple's doing a better job of than their competitors. And there was, and, and there's several companies that sell competitive things like this that don't have any of the safety protections that that air tags have. And yet Apple, because they're the big company, is the one that everybody writes about. Well, it was an unknown category until they got in. No, it wasn't. It was there was a whole bunch of people who had tile tags. They were sold in the in Target stores. I had tile tags on my backpack and my keys, um, and they still sell tile all over the place. Samsung has a competing product that also does the same thing, and they have no protections whatsoever. Whereas the Apple Air tags uh, even worked with the Mac, Apple even worked with Google so that if you have an Android device, it will notify you if there's an unknown tag traveling with you so that you. Get hey you know you get is there is there any reporting on any of the other tags being used in this, in this manner? So um, I, it it has happened, but it, there's no reporting. That's the thing because nobody cares about picking on a company called Tile. They want to they want to uh, slam Apple. <laughs> It's basically, a, you know, the, there are other, in fact, you can go onto Amazon and, f- and for, for like less than $50, buy a GPS tracker with magnets that you can stick on somebody's car and it'll run off of batteries for a month and mm-hmm. you can track anybody you want. And there's no notifications to that person. There's no way that they would know that they're being tracked. You know, it's, it's the idea that, th- that somehow Apple is, is created a horrible product that's causing all kinds of problems is it's it's a it's a product category that can be really used badly um but you know apple has gone way overboard in terms of trying to make sure that you get notifications if there's a a an uh uh an air tag that is moving with you like we mm-hmm. have an air tag that's uh on our keychains and the car that my wife drives most of the time the air tag is tied to her uh Apple account and the one that and, on, that I drive is tied to my account. When I drive her car, I get I always get a notification saying, "Hey, there's an air tag that's been moving with you." You know, are you okay with that? Do you know what that you mm-hmm. know? And so, I mean, it and and like I said, Apple also went out of their way to make sure that uh, and made an agreement with Google so that Android has that built into it too. So that if if you've got an Android phone, even if you don't have an iPhone, and an air tag is following you, you get notified. You know, and and yet nobody talks about that. They talk about how, you know, and and here's what it is, too, is this is, I mean, the very first line. Since the lawsuit was initially filed in 2022, that's all you need to know. Okay. The reason this is news is because somebody filed the lawsuit. And the reason they filed the lawsuit against Apple instead of, uh, uh, you know, Tile is because Apple's got really deep pockets. 
So now that said, having defended Apple on this case, it is a problem. It is a problem because some people don't recognize, you know, they'll, they'll get notification that an, an AirTag is following them and mm-hmm. they will look at that and go, I don't know what that is. And they'll just delete it. You know, they won't pay any attention to it. They won't actually raise an alarm in their mind because they don't know what it is, mm-hmm. you know, and I know people who are that way, you know, that are not tech savvy and, and well, what's the know, message say you are being tracked. And they don't care about that. You well, know. I mean, it, yeah, it basically, what kind of message it, would you send? It, it, the, the message essentially pops up and says there's an air tag that air tag that has been uh, identified as, uh, you know, following you in your uh, and, and knows your location. And then it gives you a link to explain, like, you know, more about what that means and, and what to do. And there's a button to dismiss it. And, of course, mm-hmm. most people hit the button to dismiss it and just truck on. You know, and then they might, if they think about it, mention to somebody, hey, I saw this, this thing. Do you know if they know, you know, whoever their tech person is, like in my family, I'm the tech person. But, you know, mm-hmm. if other people have somebody they turn to who's their tech person. They would turn to that person and go, what does that mean? And hopefully that person is is truly tech enough, savvy enough that they would at least be able to explain it to them and say, hey, you know, you need to check mm-hmm. and see, you know, when did you get that? Was it while you were driving in your car or was it while you were, uh, you know, walking in the park? When did that, you know, when did that happen so that you can kind of figure out where that air tag is that or is, yeah. what was going on, you know? Yeah. When you were borrowing your friend's car, because, you know, it might have been on their keychain and then that's very easy to explain, right? But, yeah, uh, yeah. So, anyway, I uh, well, it's kind of, it's kind of like get, getting rid of all these speakers that are unknown to you that are on every device you own. You know, mm-hmm. I mean microphones, rather. Yeah, it's, it's a secret microphone. Yeah, it was a secret RF uh, device. Yeah, secret microphones and even secret cameras in some cases. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. Uh, you can go find specific models, but there uh, have been some TV manufacturers that in addition to putting microphones on so they can listen to you and then sell ad, sell that information to ad companies. They've also put cameras on their televisions and activated them without saying anything. You know, when you first launch your TV, there's some like menus you have to go through. And basically one of them in the fine print says you're good with that. Yeah. You know, so. No running through the living room naked anymore, but you know the thought of sticking a television in your bedroom that has cameras on it is pretty yeah. horrific. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, you know, I, I I think what we're we're coming to is either we're going to eventually the pendulum is going to swing and we're going to start passing some laws about uh, privacy. You know, the, the outlaws yeah. some of this stuff, or at least makes it much, the, makes it much harder for them to do without making it incredibly clear that they're putting a microphone and or a, uh, you know, camera in your, in your presence. Uh, or we're just going to come to the conclusion that we really don't have any privacy, which is kind of where we're at right now. I mean, if you're really yeah. truly aware of what's going on and, 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 think about it you cannot assume that you are not being recorded you know audio and video at any given point in time and and given what's going on in the world it's not a time now to be discussing the privacy thing because there's other things that people say are somewhat more important yeah 
right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, well, we'll sacrifice. See, that's the, the thing is, is that's when it always happens, is when, some, when sure. something terrible is happening. You know, after then, 9-11, then it's like, you know, oh, well, we'll sacrifice some privacy in order to make sure that we, we've got more security right now, that, you know, the government mm-hmm. can track more things and things. We'll give them that temporarily. Of course, temporarily keeps getting extended permanent. until it's essentially permanent, you know. And so, uh, you know, that happens. And, you know, our society is is probably not as bad as some others. You know, if you go to um, the U.K., they've got cameras, essentially government cameras, essentially on every corner. You know, they, they, their society is heavily recorded. Um, and, and, you know, you, you, just, you live with it. You know, and of course, the comeback when somebody says that you want some privacy is, well, what are you trying to hide? If you're not doing anything wrong, then why do you care? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, well, I care because of uh, it, it, philosophically, you should not be having your nose in my business all the time. But, you know, it's a, it's a hard yeah. argument to win from this side of privacy. You know, well, it, it depends on the circumstances. Everybody cares about privacy but when it comes to their nakedness. Yeah, but you know, it's right. one of those things where it's, you know, again, the you know, the, the argument for the for the so, people who are who are wanting to invade your privacy is, you know, then if if you want privacy then you have to give up security, right? And you don't want to do that either. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a it, but that's not really a true trade-off, but that's the that's, that's the right. argument that's made. And it's hard that's to argue right. against it. It really is, you know, it's, it's, you have, you're in the weaker position trying to argue for privacy because you're standing on principles as opposed to, you know, the, the reality of, well, you know, if we'd have had cameras on every corner, then we would have caught that murderer when he left the house, you know? Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and, you know, yeah, I, I, I want you to catch bad people too. You know, it's, you've got to draw a line somewhere in a very gray area. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll, uh, uh, Musk, Wade Musk gets his brain reader and stuck in everybody's head at, at birth, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They will know what you're thinking. We'll know, we can, we can weed out all the bad people. And yeah. that includes everybody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody not named Elon, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's very uh, creepy sci-fi. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, nobody's ever written a sci-fi story about something like that going wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Watch Gattaca. If you ever want to see things going wrong with the government, you know, getting too much in your business, there's a movie called Gattaca. And... uh Definitely, there are the haves and the have-nots, and it deals with gene editing yeah. and a whole bunch of other stuff. It's it's really well done movie. Um, but uh, anyway, so you've got something we're talking. We we kind of talked briefly around the idea of what's going on in the world, and you found a te- uh, an article here that says, or its title is, "How Israel's Tech Community Is Responding to the Israel Hamas War." So you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, uh, you know, the, just about everybody in Israel uh, is a is a soldier or, or, or military yeah, well, in they one have, way or another. They, when they have re- they have they have required um, service for I think two years or one or two years. So everybody is trained so that they can all be called up when they need it. Yeah. yeah so much more so than just about any other society. 
And uh, anyway, there, there's some little blurbs in here about how people, you know, first mm-hmm. got got notice of this, and there were people working on lots of different tech that could apply to the war. Mm-hmm. And in fact, uh, they're just kind of extending what they were doing as part of uh, helping the effort. And uh, yeah. a lot, lot of it. Uh, as you read in here, relates to what's going on right now, and it's why they haven't uh, proceeded into uh, the Gaza uh, in, a, in a forceful manner because they're using a lot of high-tech stuff to try to find out what's going on uh, in uh, Gaza. Now, yeah, where are the hostages specifically, right? So you don't just come yeah. in and shoot everything that moves. And and I I just my mind uh, left the story in because my imagination took over. And you know, one of the things that I would do is I would have uh, little battery-powered listening devices, and maybe even some of them with cameras on, uh, floated in uh, by uh, parachute, uh, maybe or drop. By drone, so I. But they, they also have have some kind of a location device or, or mm-hmm. something to tell me where they are. Sure. Uh, and and then the, you know so that they they really have lots of sources of information. Mm-hmm. Any yeah. any way you can get that information out. And technology is the only uh, way we have of, of really doing that without having you know a, a, the. In fact, you know. One one of the things that both Israel and the U.S. were blamed for for not catching this whole thing was, first of all, uh, they uh, they the intelligence communities used to depend totally on spies. In other words, people ingrained in the mm-hmm. in the communities, and that's a very risky thing, you know. Yeah. Uh, because they at every every once in a while need to do some kind of dumps of what they're doing, or or maybe leave the city or the country or go somewhere where they can. Can do a drop, sure. But uh, but but let's face it, they just don't do it like they used to 20 years ago because there are a lot of tech devices that can be a pretty effective substitute for it if you can yeah. hear the conversations and at the right location or mm-hmm. see uh, and identify people. And it's apparent that they really know who the leaders of Hamas are. They've yeah. already done that to a yeah. certain extent because they have. I think taking the top three at least out, uh, maybe even more. Yeah, but and, there's other guys step up. There, they, they, several of them. They, they know who they are. Um, a couple of them don't even, you know, reside within like the Gaza. They're calling the shots from. Um, right. Uh, you know, there's like there was one guy I, I saw in one of the articles I was reading. It's in Yemen, and they know that, but they can't get to him yet. But you know. Yeah, yeah they're going to target these guys. I think the idea of dropping, like you said, like little listening devices with GPSs, and you know you can use a computer to say you know trigger on certain keywords so that you can figure out like names and locations. And obviously, if they hear it on this mic, they'll know there's some people there. Um, you know, as they try to uh, figure out, and I think also part of it is figuring out the list of like, well, who are the people that have been taken hostage? So we kind of have an idea of what names to listen for and. You know, and you can listen at a distance with parabolic mics and and reflectors off of windows. You know, and there's sure. all kinds of high tech stuff that can be done like that. Yeah, uh, people don't realize. I think in, uh, at large, I think a lot of tech people do, but a lot of people at large don't realize that uh, a lot of high tech stuff has come out of Israel, and they've got a very booming tech economy. Uh, you know, well, and so so and, you know, and, they're they're very technically literate as a society. 
Well, and, and, and here's the other thing. At the receiving end of all of these devices, if you throw out a hundred devices, you don't want to have a hundred people have to sit there and listen to each one until they hear something. That's what I say. It's but a computer those, does Each all of that. those devices are identified and transmitted to some location mm-hmm. that re- records them all, translates right. them to... Yeah, transcribes uh, it and then does a text and, search for keywords. Yeah. Yeah. And, and 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 they're all date stamped, so they know when somebody was at this yeah. place, and they line they can line them up chronologically, and mm-hmm. so and then you can let AI go in and do a lot of this work for you, sure. so that you can uh, have it just generate a report about what yeah. they know what they know about a particular identified individual or something, mm-hmm. or a, or a particular what uh, if they. If they've discovered somebody going planning an attack, there yeah. might be keywords you could go on there. So there's a lot of different subjects yeah. that you can have with uh, technology helping in a, in, a, in a way that you could never do 20 years ago. Sure. I mean, it's so, such a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're uh, you know, that's, I think that's, uh, Israel tends to see their um, mastery of different technologies as a tactical advantage over some of their neighbors, uh, you know, and it's been, there's been a long period of time where it's been a relatively peaceful area. And so, um, you know, I think things got a little lax. I was listening to a political podcast the other day, and although politics isn't really our forte or our, our area of conversation, it was interesting. One of the things they said was that, um, that in the current government, Benjamin Netanyahu, in order to to form a a coalition that he could then have a, a ruling uh, government, they had to align with several uh, what they referred to as ultra conservative. Uh, parties that were smaller minor parties but because of that there was some some shifts in what they would do and they had to make some concessions as to what they would do in terms of how the security was handled within the country because of these these uh alignments you know and that's sort of one of the drawbacks of a parliamentary um system is that when you form a government if you don't have an outright majority then you have to form coalitions with minority Mm -hmm. parties and then they have a fairly large say in what goes on because if you, you know, if you don't appease them, then they will leave the coalition. You'll lose majority, and they'll they'll have to call another election. You know, mm-hmm. whereas um, the way you know our country works is like you know whoever's elected is at least there for a period of time. They don't you know if if you uh, if you you know aggravate a minority, you don't lose. Uh, you know, controlling interest. Although, frankly, that's almost exactly what happened in our House of Representatives, right? Is we had a minority yeah. of uh, of people who disagreed, and in order to get elected, um, they changed the rules so that one person could basically force a re-election of the House Speaker. And for the first time well, in the history of the country, we had a House well, Speaker taken out. Well, that so, that was the that was the real problem is making such a dumb change without. Thinking through the consequences of right. the change, I think I think they absolutely thought through the consequences, and they came to the conclusion that the only way McCarthy was going to get elected was if they appeased the people who were demanding the ability to do that. And he and, and I think he knew when he did it that they demanded that because they expected they were going to to use it. And yeah. so I figure he knew he was a dead man walking, uh, you know, to coin a term. Uh, when he got elected, because he knew, you know, 
he, well, he, he well, basically well, made it so easy for them to... Well, well, now it's such a dilemma that, that I could say that the, the Republicans have been totally neutralized in Congress. And the uh, only thing that they, they might somehow mm-hmm. are talking about allowing is the guy who's currently in charge can maybe make a few decisions for the whole House. Yeah. That's like one-man rule on that side. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I, I, I honestly, at the the way it's looking right now is it's really behaving as, even though they're not saying it on paper, it's behaving as if we have uh, three parties instead of instead of two parties right now. Right. Like the the Republican Party is fractured. Um, to be honest, the Democratic Party is is fairly fractured, fractured as well. well but yeah. but they're at least right now behaving as a unified party. But uh, you know that can change depending on what the subject matter is, right? So yeah. anyhow, I don't want to spend too much time talking politics because that's not what we do here. So um, yeah. needless to say, there's going to be some impacts on technology in terms of things that, you know, you're not even aware of. Most people are not even aware of uh, that is, you know, developed or supported by Israeli companies that are just not going to be doing that right now. Same thing happened with Ukraine. There are uh, a fair number of tech companies that were based in Ukraine and, you know, they just said, well, we're on hold, you know, while we're at war and we'll, we'll come back. So like I have some, some video edit or some, some, uh, photo editing software that's, that's, uh, produced by a Ukrainian company and they posted on their website, you know, sorry, there won't be any updates until, until we, you know, until we win this war basically is what they said. Um, and, uh, you know, you feel for them. They basically shut down. Um, but yeah. you know, you, the, you have to have priorities, right? I fully understand it. So, um, yep. Chat GPT. Anyhow, I was going to tell you uh, the reason I brought this up is that I've been kind of ignoring the AI. I figured, you know, stand by a little while. We'll see what it comes to. But I, in fact, downloaded my first uh, AI program. And it was because it dealt with something uh, of interest to me. And that is uh, general purpose AI, you know, whether you have, uh, that you can answer, ask, that's supposedly going to answer any question on any topic, anywhere, uh, just somehow it doesn't appeal to me. I always thought it had to be focused on something uh, or uh, some sensible group of things or, or questions, you know, limited. Uh, but within that area, then be, be an expert. Well, it turns out that there's a, a company who builds these little AI things for their customers, and one of their customers was uh, a Catholic uh, uh, program that uh, that answers questions in a certain realm uh, of uh, of the Catholic Church, and they built this thing. Uh, within the Catholic Church, there's always been a word called magisterium. It's in addition to the Bible-only believers, tradition, and, and the magisterium. And what the magisterium really is, is they're the keepers of tradition, but also uh, the all the other morality-related things. And morality is the things that are really taught by people. So there's a big audience for question, uh, of teachers and and uh, whatever in books and that uh, regarding uh, these morality topics. Now, I haven't really defined that super well, but, but anyway, uh, 
by calling the 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 um, thing magisterium you just go to magisterium.com if you know how to spell the word and start asking questions about the catholic church and they give you some examples to you know to try out to begin with mm-hmm. but you know the general limitations of the of that ai uh, mm-hmm. product that ai and uh Basically, in order to get to train it, they went to the Vatican and under the categories of Vatican filing of information, they took all of the things that are related to this morality area. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they just and, tra- trained it on a specific set of information as opposed to a more general set. Yes, and it's still in the process. It's a beta because they haven't got all these documents loaded in yet. Sure. Okay. And so I've found some that they, they just says, We'll come back later. We just don't have these uh, that, that answers to this question yet, you know. And so, uh, but for those that did, it gave some some very reasonable answers. So and so, I got quite a few of them, and I'm going to have a meeting mm-hmm. this next week with uh, uh, a group of men. I'm going to uh, explain this, and and they, mm-hmm. they can all. I, I thought I'd bring my computer along and could even show them. Yeah, how it works, you know. Uh, but anyway, it's uh, it's an interesting way to use AI where you pick certain groups. Now, this mm-hmm. particular uh, product here uh, is about uh, families. Yeah, the article that you found is 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 a is parenting help. Yeah, you know, and it's an AI designed to help you make decisions and or give answers to kids they give the one of the examples is you know kids ask well why is the sky blue you know and so and you can target it for like for a four-year-old or for an eight-year-old and so the answer will be different based on you know how old your kid is so that you can kind of give them an age-appropriate answer uh you know instead of i don't know google it (laughs) <laughs> right. <laughs> well, this is this AI presumably is a whole lot better at this than mm-hmm. than the Google. Google is going to see a tremendous design uh, decline in the number of questions asked it, unless they've already and I believe I, they have already the, in, yeah. integrated the. Yeah. Uh, AI. Yeah, Google was is is one of has been one of the leaders in AI development, and I'm sure, you know, they are starting to integrate more and more of that into uh, into the questions or, or the answers that you get back from their search engine. So they're not going to be left behind on this particular hill. You know, this, this is yeah. not the the mountain they're going to die on. Right. Uh, anyway. Uh, it does make a lot of sense because all of these have to be trained on something. And so what you need to do is to find out where there are pockets of expertise in, in data. You know, where is it contained and what's, mm-hmm. what, what's, how do you describe that content? Yeah. You know, and, and so one of them would be, uh, how do you raise children? You know, yeah. and there's probably plenty of books out there that they could read in. Uh, yeah. In this regard, right? You know, I think it's, that what we're going to see is, is that of ultimately we're are the the general purpose AI is going to be a meta AI that knows which AIs have the specific answers. You're right. It's going to be tiered. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, and and it's going to be libraries. I can see yeah. libraries being absolutely consumed in this AI thing, yeah. and it'll be done just like the libraries. Uh, you know, they currently organize their book mm-hmm. filings in, in logical categories. Yeah, you know, National Institutes of Health will have their own AI, you know, and Johns Hopkins will have their own AI, and so you want to find medical answers, you can go to two, you know, 
relatively yeah. trusted sources as opposed to, you know, whatever somebody typed in on the Internet. Exactly. <laughs> you know? Yep. Yep. And, and so this is the way AI is going to evolve, is, you know, just like language evolved in certain areas. You know, you get specialists, they have a description, and uh, mm-hmm. they have a, a shared database. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we've talked about how amazing the Internet has been for people who do research on things uh, in in previous shows. And, uh, you know, this is just going to be an extension of that, right, where you'll now get very specialized um, searching capabilities. And initially, like we're saying, it's going to be you have to know to go to a certain location to find that. But if you're into that particular area of of interest, you'll you'll find those places. Right. And right. so you'll find that your expert systems that you need to go to, which is a more outdated term, but I think it still fits. Um, and then those expert systems will be, um, you know, sort of amalgamated at some point into a, a Google who will help you find the ex- expert system. To be honest, that's what a lot of people are going to do right now is they're going to use Google and DuckDuckGo and stuff to go find the expert systems. And eventually mm-hmm. Google's going to say, well, Instead of going to find them, just tell us and we'll go search the expert system for you and then we'll give you your answers and you don't have to go anywhere. Yeah. And anyway, the bottom line on this is it says it's like with every new technology, take it with a grain of salt. It's not mm-hmm. the end all be all. Well, yeah. but it's, but it can evolve. That's the beauty of what I uh, discovered yeah. in this database that I, or AI that I downloaded is that it, I could actually witness the evolution, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and they, they, the comment, one of the comments here is, is, you know, that kids like teens will be able to tell when their parents are using their own words versus those, versus those of a bot, you know, right. that it's going to sound kind of stilted and artificial if, if a parent's just parroting what they were able to pull down off of an AI. And that's true. But, you yep. know, most parents will probably read through something and then paraphrase it back to the kid as opposed to, you know, reading it directly to the child anyway. And so, you know, that's the the idea that that's going to be a, a, you know, game killer, I I think is probably mistaken, but, uh, but yeah, you know, it's going to be going to be interesting. You know, this is a, a, an interesting area of technology that uh, that I think is having actual impact more so than like you know a couple of years ago when we were we were uh, the the big tech thing that was new and different was um, blockchain and 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 um, Bitcoin you know right. Uh, right those I think were more passing fads I think uh, I mean they're gonna they'll be integrated into into you know areas where they where that technology fits. But um, but this, I think, is going to have more uh, day-to-day impact on a lot of people as AI develops more and more. Or machine learning, if you're Apple, right? Because Apple doesn't like to use the word AI. They say machine learning. Yeah. <laughs> by, by the way, uh, the Internet is just abuzz with uh, articles on the, uh, the changes coming in our, in our coin system. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's... Uh, Apparent that right that Biden has already signed something such that we're going to at the, before the end of the year have a switchover of currency to digital coins and and everybody's up in arms about it. So I, I don't know if it. Yeah. Really well, the privacy about. people are, are livid because that means that they can track every penny you're spending That's and right. every penny you get. And Theor- they don't theoretically it's yeah. possible. 
but it's it's in reality possible because if, yeah. with AI you can go through and search large databases and say well, what's Jack, what Jack Franker spent by yeah. yesterday, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that – well, I mean, it's already getting that way. There's lots of places now where they flat out don't accept cash. And I thought cash was good for all debts, legal and private, you know? It says so right well, on the on the coin or on the on the paper, you know? Well, but it, I, de- it depends what you mean by cash. But I buy more by credit card these days than cash. Well, that's I why I – little bit of cash. Mo- most people do. And I think that COVID killed it, you know – really put a death knell in in carrying you know pieces of paper and coin in your pocket but the you know um uh when uh, my brother and i went to a football game at lambeau field they tell you right up front that none of the vendors nothing there accepts cash you you have to bring a card uh you know and if you if all you've got is cash they've got machines that you can put your cash in and they will print uh, it'll Uh give you a temporary visa card with that amount of cash on it so you can then go you know buy food or buy a a cheese head hat you know uh because nothing there is cash so i can agree cash is on the way out but credit cards have certain protections for you as well so whatever you have has to have uh, protection or nobody will accept it yeah but the but the big benefit is there's a limit on credit cards. That's that's mm-hmm. number one. You know you can't spend more than you have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, and you know uh, what it is. You know that this you alluded to some something that Biden has signed, and I don't I have any knowledge of what that is. So you know, and, and clearly you didn't either because you kind of called it something. So yeah. um, you know, knowing what that is and how that uh, really right. affects things, it could have a major impact on whether it's an issue or not, you know, because quite frankly, like you said, almost nobody is at least in, in major metropolitan areas is, is working with cash anymore. You know, I don't, I can't speak for small town America, but, uh, you know, uh, in fact, we're not, we're, we're behind the world in terms of transitioning from even the cards that you have to swipe or stick in a thing and just, you know, the tap to pay. I um, suppose there's still a small part of the country that doesn't, can't get a credit card because their credit was so bad, right? Yeah, but even in those people, um, can get debit cards and, uh, like the federal government when they, uh, issue taxes, tax returns and stuff. Yeah. Uh, one of the options is they'll just send you a card that, is a debit against mm-hmm. that amount. So, uh, you know, it's, it, it, I've never done it, but, uh, um, you know, I, I know my brother did, he had a, uh, I think it was one of the COVID rebate car, uh, cards or something like that. And so rather, ha- oh. you know, cause I had my taxes just deposited into my account. So I just said, do that. You know, that was easy, but, uh, right. he had him send, send him a, a government issued debit card basically. Yep. You know, which was interesting because I had never heard of that before, but I did a little investigating after he had done it. It was like, yeah, that's an option. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, change is coming. I'm not just sure how it's going to evolve, but it seems to me that uh, we're already there in a sense uh, using the the cards. Mm -hmm. That that is a digital. It's, It's not like, but, but I guess they could rearrange how that actually works somehow. Mm hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it works. I mean, I think it's clear that, you know, printing money on chunks of metal and pieces of paper is something that's going to fade away over time. The question is, what do we go to? You know, at some point, why are you carrying even a piece of plastic, right? 
as long as you can identify that I am me, then I should be able to then have access to my funds, right? So by, by the, that by becomes the way, fingerprints and and you know whatever else, right? Yeah, but uh, there's, there's something that's been bothering me for some time about Apple Pay, and that is, have you ever tried to return merchandise that was purchased with Apple Pay? Um, not that I know of. How would you do it? I think you. Like, like you generally, if you buy it in a brick and mortar store, you go back with the receipt. If you bought it online, usually they have a return funk policy, and they then issue the money back to whatever account was charged. Yeah, I don't well, know that it's that's... any more difficult than if you bought it with a credit card. Well, most of the time when I do it, I don't don't have receipts. I don't think I've ever gotten a receipt for an Apple credit card purchase but maybe i have every but, time if if you use the card in a store or a restaurant then you get a receipt just like you do anywhere else yeah i guess you you're know, right um and, you know if you um buy it online then usually you're emailed something you know that is a acts as a receipt or at least a confirmation number yeah well i use it mostly in places where uh i, I don't have anything to return it's like for food <laughs> yeah, you know they, don't, they won't take take the food back, right? Yeah, yeah. You you ate that dinner, buddy. <laughs> yeah, sorry, it's yours now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I don't know that it's any. I mean, like I said, I I can't think of anything that I've had to return, but it it doesn't seem to me like that would be any more difficult than than any other form of payment. They would just issue it back to the to the source, just like they do when it's a credit card purchase. You know, yeah. issue a, a, a refund, but uh, yeah. Anywho, so okay. uh, the next one I put in for your benefit, since you have yeah. one of these Pro Max phones. Yeah, yeah. and the you know, first one says that they're they're reporting burn-in problems. Some Max i15 Pro Max users are reporting burn-in problems with the OLED display. I haven't noticed anything as far as a burn-in issue. Um, I think maybe they're talking about uh, because you can have that like nightstand standby mode, yeah. maybe, and that that you know doesn't like I I've, I've had an app in the past that basically turned your clock your your phone into a nightstand clock, right? And what it would do is it would shift the image around the screen just slightly, a few pixels this way or that, so that it was never in the same place too long. But, you know, OLED has had a problem with burn-in for years. And right. so that's why, you know, even today they, they don't recommend like an OLED screen for somebody who's going to play video games a lot. Because very often video games, even when you're playing the game, has a surround that is static and that that mm -hmm. can get burned into the pixels. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I will say that, you know, there's also rumors out there that iPhone 15 Pro is still overheating. Some people are saying it's still too hot even after the upgrade. I've not noticed any heating issues with mine since the upgrade to 17.0.3. And I definitely had an issue prior to that. It was it was real noticeable. Um, well, anyway, I was uh, when I was reading this article, what came mm -hmm. to my mind was the general problem of of all apps being. Uh, uh, aware that they could be used on an OLED display, and therefore, you know, whatever they do, that that they try to work this problem. 
yeah. it's it's one thing to say you know you got a watch or a clock app or something and you you know and I'm glad to hear you say that whoever did that yeah does something at least yeah. now that, pre- that predated Apple's um, standby mode Apple standby mode does not apparently do that it just sits there huh. so that's where I thought maybe that's the issue but you know that would be an easy software fix to just say well you know don't leave it in the same spot move move the stuff around a little bit well, well do, you, do you think there's something built into the uh, into the uh, OLED uh, devices that uh, actually takes care of it for the software guys so they don't have to deal with it well to, you would think maybe that Apple would have done that right because if you're writing yeah. code in their Xcode development environment then you're using a an underlying engine with that's controlled by the operating system in terms of what you're displaying right or how right. you're displaying and that may just say like if 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 you've got a static display that will take it and shift it you know we'll do some pixel shifting every once in a while to make sure it's not in one spot but yeah I don't know and, and and you'd think that Apple uh, might test programs now for that. Mm-hmm. I mean, just, being that, that the phone is only about three weeks old, I can't imagine that they would really be seeing that much burn in. If they are, then it's then there's definitely a problem. And how are they identifying that? Are are these are these the only Apple phones with uh, uh, OLED in them? No, they all have OLED now. The so, even the non pro so phones have OLED displays. How about my 13? Uh, I don't know if the 13 did or the 13 Pro did. Um, I can check for you real quick using the handy-dandy Mac Tracker app, by the way. Anybody who doesn't have that app should get that app. It's amazing. You can look up basically any Apple device ever, and it'll give you all the specs on that Apple device. I want want an Apple AI device that just says I can type in what I want to ask a question. Yeah, well... What Apple devices have OLED screens? <laughs> yeah. Easy. The display on your iPhone 13 mini is a Super Retina XDR OLED display. I, I got an OLED in my pocket and didn't know it. Yeah. It's a 2340 oh. by 1080 pixel resolution. Up to 4K HDR air, uh, AirPlay mirroring. Wow. Mm-hmm. No wonder it looks so startling. I was mm-hmm. in awe. Wide, <laughs> wide color gamut. It's a P3 color gamut with seven hundred and uh, or four hundred and seventy-six pixels per inch. Okay. All righty. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a more than a, a Pro Max issue, possibly, huh? Yeah. You have eight hundred uh, nits uh, average brightness and up to twelve hundred nits for HDR. Yeah, well, I wonder how, how many of these reports they they have had that they so, thought, thought to write an article about this. Well, yeah, and also, is it because there's been you know because there's been talk about the Pro Max, so that's where we're talking about it again here? Is it is it as opposed to saying, hey, by the way, all of the phones yeah. for the last like uh, two years have been uh, OLED? Why are you picking on this one? Of course, yeah, you never know wh- who the vendor was for the for the screen either, right? Apple has several different vendors. Right. Uh, I know initially LG did a lot of them. I mean, well, originally I think it was Samsung and LG sort of split, but Apple's kind of moved away from Samsung. But there's other companies out there that specialize in screens, so they may well, not be um, anyway. The, LG. The- the conclusion the author makes is that maybe, possibly, the display panel may also be too bright for daily consumption. Hmm. Too bright. 
if, you, yeah. if you've experienced a burning. Maybe they're just fishing to find out how bad yeah. the problem is, maybe, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, time will tell if that's an actual thing. I've not seen anything like that as far as, uh, you know, brightness or burn in. I will tell you um, that my experience has been both on my iPad, which is a uh, iPad Air 4, so it's not the most recent model, the iPhone 15, um, the AirPods or the HomePods in my house, everything running the latest version of software, the uh, uh, 17, you know, whether it be iPad OS, iOS, HomePod OS, whatever you want to call them, all of them seem to be a little flaky, just little weird things happening that don't seem, you know, that things will like freeze on me, you know, like I'll be scrolling and then suddenly something will just freeze and I can't scroll and then it'll let itself go again. I've had that happen in my iPad, my iPad Pro. Yeah. So I think there are some bugs in iOS 17 that that's what people should be talking about. I think that iOS 17 is not a hundred percent. It's a little, little flaky. And, you know, and like all of versions, you know, they put out new updates. I mean, iOS 17.1 is on their second or third beta right now. So we should see, you know, a release of that before too much longer. Um, Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, hopefully that'll address some of these issues. But it's been a little annoying, you know. And I found that there was this is weird, too. My home kit has been. Like it'll work fine for a few days, and then it just everything stops working, and there and it's maddening because when you try to troubleshoot HomeKit, there's no like uh, log activity log or anything you can go to to say what the heck's been going on, what is hanging, are there any errors being thrown by anything? You have no way of finding any of that stuff. It's oh. just it's just you know what your options are: suffer through or go through and reboot everything. And, how does, um, how, wonder how Apple troubleshoots. Uh, I'm sure they have access to all kinds of logs because the operating system is probably writing them. They just don't surface that to human beings who have an issue. It's so frustrating. Um, but I found something that seems to have really helped a lot, and that is I have several Apple TVs that are uh, of different generations. I have an Apple TV Model 3. I've got the original Apple TV 4. I've got an, uh, a, a version 1 two and three of an Apple TV 4K, and they're all attached to different TVs, but a lot of them I don't use, so I just went and unplugged them. Uh, and others, I went the ones that I do use, I went into HomeKit, and I said, forget this device in HomeKit. In other words, I don't want the Apple TV in HomeKit. I never do anything with it in HomeKit anyway. I use the Apple TV remote, and I talk to the Apple TV. HomeKit is irrelevant for Apple TV in my mind. And and it, what was happening, I think, is those were all trying to act as hubs for the HomeKit and for the um, uh, the HomeKit devices. And for some reason, especially the older ones, the processor I don't think could handle the load, and it was hanging up and causing all kinds of problems. As soon as I took the Apple TVs off of my HomeKit and just used my um, my HomePods as the hubs, yeah. everything's working better. Huh. And I went, huh? That was interesting. Well, yeah. maybe. Well, you said older model TVs. Maybe they they're missing something that was a, a fix. You know. Well, I mean, they all got the latest and greatest versions of the operating system. Oh, you know. Oh. But but the Apple TV Model Four and the Apple TV Model Four K, and there's been three versions of the Four K. So the Four is now what the four generations old. Um, mm-hmm. you know, they run the latest software, but they just up, apparently weren't doing it well. And so 
by removing them from my home kit home, it seems to have solved the problem. So, so the issue was Apple TVs trying to act as hubs, which is too bad because you'd think, you know, when they're sitting yeah. there not actually acting as a TV, they're doing nothing. That yeah. they should it's a perfect be a pretty, hub. Yeah, it should be a perfect <laughs> hub. I mean, sitting there doing nothing, so you might as well use that CPU to be the hub. But it just wasn't doing it. It was causing all kinds of problems. So. That's my and you do a lot of exploring and you know on online trying to figure out like well who else is having this problem what are they seeing and uh, I never found anything but uh, I can't remember what it was that made me decide to try to do that but I found something and and so I yeah. you know I, I got rid of them and it all seemed to work fine so hmm. you know yay me uh, we'll see yeah. how long that we'll see how long that goes because in the past I've had everything working fine. Okay, folks, for, that's exclusive to this podcast. There you go. That's right. <laughs> I will say I've had things where I, you know it wasn't working and then it would work fine for two or three days and I went okay great everything's fur- working and then it all stopped mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so far it's been about four or five days now and it's all seems to be working fine so yeah so temporary fixes get your tvs off the thing yeah take the apple t as much as i was earlier talking about how i like the apple t as my apple tv is my streaming device (laughs) i don't want my apple tv in my home kit home you know because that just seems the only one that's still on the home kit home is the brand the newest the apple tv 4k version 3 uh, and that's got the you know newest hardware in it, and that one seems to not be causing problems. So oh, well, there you yeah. go. Yeah. Now, what I didn't do, and what I probably should do, is add them back in one at a time, and then wait for you know see how things go for a day or two, and see if it's a specific device. I might have one bad device that's yeah. like throwing a bunch of errors out onto the network and causing everything to to hang up. Yeah. You know, I mean, it could just be a bad you know Wi-Fi radio or something. Yeah. Okay. So I'll maybe do that and report back next week. We'll see. I'm not sure I want to risk messing up my home kit anymore because I tell you what, I, my wife's about ready to go through with a with a broomstick and and beat every smart t- uh, uh, light bulb. And <laughs> she's gonna. Uh, I'm gonna come home one day and all the smart light bulbs are gonna be crushed in a pile on the floor and she's gonna have replaced them with stupid bulbs that you can just turn a switch and they come on because she's so tired of like walking into a room and it's dark and she's going, Hey Shlomo, turn on the lights. Nothing. Hey Shlomo, turn on the lights. Nothing. You know, I've got uh, like our you go into our master bedroom closet and there's a motion sensor and lights supposed to automatically come on when you go in there and it stays on for a few minutes and then goes off, you know. And so you go in there and you're standing in the closet in the dark, waving your hands, trying to get the stupid light to come. (laughs) So then you walk back out of the closet and reach around the corner and flip on a switch. Yeah, it's like she's just like, I'm so sick and tired of this. So that's what that's that was my impetus to start playing with it last week to try to figure out what the heck was going on because it was it had been just a mess the old wife stimulation it had been a mess for a couple weeks since i upgraded everything to to os 17 and so it was like okay so last week i just said okay i'm going to spend some time trying to figure this out and somehow i i came across let's take all of you know too many hubs I think what it was is if you go to HomeKit and then you click on the little three dots at the top uh, under, like, settings, mm-hmm. yeah. you can go and look at, um, like, the uh, the hubs, the, um, the uh, what is it, 
there's home settings is the section you go to. And if you go to home settings, there's a list of like all of your cameras, all of your doors, uh, your home hubs and bridges. And when I went and looked at home hubs and bridges, everything should be either connected, which is your main at what's acting as your main hub or in standby mode, which means that they're your backup. And I had ha- all of my Apple TVs, instead of being connected or in standby, what they said was, uh, this device is not communicating. And so I went, great, let's go get rid of all those. And <laughs> that solved the problem. <laughs> that, that was my troubleshooting uh, uh, thing. So, so yeah, for, if you're listening, go to your HomeKit app, go to the three little dots up in the right-hand corner, and you'll get a pop-up uh, that gives you, or a menu that gives you uh, basically like, uh, a list of all the stuff that is in your, in your home. And one of those is home hubs and bridges. Okay. Mm. And if you look at home hubs and bridges, uh, the, under the home hubs, it'll list your, your home pods and your Apple TVs. So go through those, those. And if any of them are not saying connected or standby, if any of them are like, we're not communicating, then, then go to that device in HomeKit, scroll down to the bottom and say, you know, delete or remove this device from this home and, and voila, everything works. Because I look at it Trouble right. Ma- troublemakers, huh? Yeah, and it was and it was all the older Apple TVs. Yeah. Sure, you know, uh, and well, they, like they, a, got, they got they got they they were smart at one time. They just got dumb over time. Yeah, well, like I said, I think they were just underpowered, or, or their yeah. or their um, their Wi-Fi radios weren't capable of handling the the traffic or something along those lines. But they just weren't handling it because I had rebooted them. I unplugged them and plugged them back in, and it didn't solve the problem. So, and in fact, I'm not going to troubleshoot and put them back on because now I remember mm-hmm. it, you know, it wasn't just one of them. It was all of them, uh, with the exception of the latest one. The, hey. that's, that's the only one that's still a, a, attached to my home kit is the, 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 you know, series three Apple TV 4k. Hey, and, I know what happened. Hmm. They, they succumbed to a new Apple strategy. How do we get this guy to buy some more a new newer Apple TVs? Yeah. yeah well, this guy has thing. one, and he's not buying another one. He's just, you know, there's it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Home Anyhow. hubs allow you to control and automate accessories in your home remotely. Any Apple TV, fourth generation or later, or HomePod in your home can act as a home hub. That's what it says right here in the on the little pop up screen. So. I do have a, a third generation Apple TV, but it wasn't attached to this system, um, and so it doesn't act as a home hub. It used to, but in current software, they've dropped the third generation support. Uh, so they they meant to drop some more, but they just messed up. Yeah. Anywho, uh, I saw Passkeys mentioned in a topic, and I said, let's see what they have to say. Something's going to automatically generate passkeys when you get your iOS 17 and Mac uh-huh. OS Sonoma. I had a weird passkey phenomenon happen the other day. I was trying to log into the NFL app, and I went to tap on, you know, use your password, the little key to pop up the saved password. And mm-hmm. it said for that app that there is no password saved. Um, 
and it wouldn't let me log in. It wouldn't work. Didn't work. Wouldn't log in. So I went to go delete it, and it says, do you want to delete this login with its passkey? So apparently oh. in the background, it had tried to use a passkey, but for some reason, when I went back to the website to try to log in, it said that that passkey wasn't good. So it did oh. me no good. I had a I had an issue show up now. I wasn't on my computer, so the MS or Mac OS is on the computer only of the devices. But I was on a, 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 my iPad, and I had troubles with a password that didn't make any sense. And I I was wondering if it said passkey, and I just didn't read it right. Yeah. Sometimes I'll look at that and think they're saying password. Well, I love the idea of the passkey, but. Herein lies an issue that I just discovered, which is if the if the um, website is set up to use pass keys and then takes that capability away, or if somehow the pass key doesn't work, you've got absolutely no recourse. You know, because with a password, you can say go recover your password. Basically, yeah. with the with the pass key. Your only option is to go if it if it doesn't work is to go create a new account, you know. And oh no, and that's tough because you got they'll say we already use that phone number. Right? Yeah. Or you know you've got stuff saved under your account. In my instance, I have uh, I pay for app or NFL Plus so that I can get uh, streaming on my phone for like the um, the Red Zone channel, and so mm-hmm. I. You know, it's 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 like six dollars or something a month, and if I don't log in with the account that I bought that subscription on, then the subscription doesn't work. So I'm kind of in a, uh, between a rock and a hard place. And literally yesterday, I was trying to get the uh, the the red zone to run, and it said you need to log in. And I tried to log in, and I found an account that I had that logged in, but it wasn't the account that had the subscription. And so I like delete that account and, but then the other one wouldn't let me log in. It said your pass key is not acceptable. So, you know, I, I didn't know what to do. I mean, it was just like, you're kind of screwed. So, uh, so I'm going to go cancel the, the, the NFL plus subscription. And, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to even start it back up because I don't want to have to go through this every week when I'm trying to watch football. (laughs) Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. Crazy. Well, and then as I further thought about it, I because I have the Direct TV that I want to get rid of that my wife uses all the time. Uh, Direct TV has the Red Zone channel on it, and I can use the Direct TV streaming app to go to that channel and watch it that way. So I already have a way of watching it, so I shouldn't be paying for a subscription for it to watch it a different way. So, so I want to cancel. <laughs> so I want to cancel the six dollar subscription anyway. But it was just. The, yeah. But it, it made me start thinking about, you know, I kind of got stuck in a loop there where it's like, I I yeah. can't win. <laughs> you know? And yeah. so. There, there, somebody's going to have to write a better article or look for an article at Apple that talks about how to use passkeys and recover if they don't work. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's up to the website as to, you know, they have to code the, the website to, to support passkeys. And, you know, I, I say, yes, great, do it, you know, support pass keys. But now that I've had an experience where the pass key then didn't work, I'm a little less enthusiastic, 
Absolutely. I would be too. I'm, I'm not going to mess with that if you know? I don't have to, but it, it's, it says it's going to do it automatically. So you can right. imagine the chaos that's going to succumb. Uh, yeah, you know? and it's supposed to be most, more secure. So, you know, what if my bank says we're going to go to pass keys instead of passwords, and then oh. I go to log in and I can't get in my <laughs> bank account? You know, then what do you do? Oh, you know, you have to call the bank and have that and then prove that you're you and then they will then reset it. And then you'll they'll send you an, uh, an email or a text. You have to put in a pin code or an email and then, re, you know, create a new account or a new password and, and or a new login. I it just. Yeah, it, I, this didn't seem this doesn't seem like the step forward that it did, you know, two days ago when I wasn't trying to deal with this problem. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Time will tell. Maybe well, they have that's, some. That's why you know you, history. We never used version new one new the first version out. You right? Yeah. Trust it. Right? Yeah. Well, what was the old the old joke with Microsoft stuff? Right? Was uh, yeah. wait for version wait three. The third. Yeah. yeah. Wait for version three. <laughs> one was a mess. Two, you could kind of see where it was going to go, and most of it worked. And then three, it was finally like, okay, now it's ready for prime time. You can trust that it's going to actually right. function yeah. right. Yeah. But we remember those days, don't we? We sure do. And, uh, yeah. So I, I think pass keys are sort of in the version one mode right now. There's a lot of bumps in the road. And so, um, you know. Mm-hmm. You might want to wait. I mean, I don't. I don't. To be honest, I don't even remember using a pass key or as an option. But it might have been like an option, and I, I know. I know me. If it was, I probably clicked on it and said, "Yeah, let's do the pass key. That's that's the future. That's the right way to do it." Um, you know. So I don't know. I was just going on this article. Went down. There's ten comments, and the very first one it says does not work on the iPhone. Just yet because the iPhone can't scan a QR code shown on its own screen. It works on the Mac with a, with an iPhone alongside the scan the code displayed in the Mac. <laughs> yeah. It's like, all right, you want to set up passcode, scan this QR code. And you're like, yeah. well, unless unless the Apple comes out with a folding <laughs> iPhone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's so, weird. So anyway. Uh, somebody below that says QR scan is only when logging in via non-Apple device like a PC or someone else's computer. Then you can scan it with your iPhone to complete the login. There should be no instance if you have a passkey set up on your device that you should ever get a QR code. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, clearly somebody got into a mode where they were given a QR code and they thought that they had to scan it. because So that just yeah. says the interface was not designed very well because somebody got to a state that they probably shouldn't have been in if they were using their iPhone to start with. Uh, yeah, now the next guy asks questions about it. He's getting to worry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, have, and this is something... have it on my device for other family member Apple ID accounts. Yeah, and this is something that Apple did address, and they're supposed to do it. But again, I don't have any personal experience with it. And that is, if you set up something to work with a pass key, that you can then share that pass key with everybody who's in your family. There is that family function within, you know, family sharing. Yeah, right. And so you can't you have you can optionally share pass keys with people in your family, and uh, that would be great. But you know, right below that, the user your mom three says must still be buggy and or not working quite right yet. 
Yep, that's, that's where we're at. And, and I would say that's exactly where we're at, you know. I don't know if the, they're using the word beta. They might be using the word version one, but uh, hang on till version three, people. And, and after all this, we get to a guy who ends his thing comment with, I love past keys. <laughs> yeah. Love them. They're wonderful, that, extremely love, cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, you know, for that one guy in his particular setup and instance, it worked perfectly. Yeah. Um, Clearly, that does not the case in every situation because there's lots of people going. Like this one person said they're setting it up, and it's like, hey, I get the face ID set up, and then it just spins and spins and yeah, spins. I think I told you last week about the time that I got confused on the ordering from a store, and I'd ordered two two meals of the same thing. Oh, yeah. And, and only when I finally called him on the phone could I straighten it out. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, so it's like the, the oldest technology, you know. From yeah. <laughs> Alexander Graham Bell figured out the way to solve this problem. Yeah, you got to talk to somebody. Yeah. Oh, okay. heaven! Heavens to Murgatroyd! You have to talk to a human being. Yeah. Oh man! So, uh, so Google has uh, is is currently in the thralls of the biggest U.S. antitrust trial in a quarter of a century. Uh, I guess they're referring to AT and T previously, right? Um, yeah. The idea is is that Google has gone to basically everybody who creates a browser of any consequence and said, we will pay you lots of money to let us be the default browser because Google knows that most people never change their defaults. So as a as a effect of that, follow on to that is that Google is basically the uh, the default browser for the world and in no large part thanks to the fact that they spend a lot of money to buy that option. And it was interesting because during the trial, um, you know, the number one selling device is the iPhone and Apple had to release some information about their conversations about it. And they had actually looked into perhaps uh, letting people use different uh, search engines and basically decided the others weren't that good. And so it was like, well, but the user experience isn't very good on some other search engines, so they didn't didn't make that change. I'm sure the fact mm-hmm. that, that Apple or that Google is paying them billi- literally billions of dollars didn't uh, play into it at all. <laughs> he yeah. says very tongue-in-cheek. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's uh, – I think there's no doubt that, that Google is, is – taking advantage of their position and their pocketbooks to make sure. it really, really, really hard for any competitor to get a, a, a toehold. Every big company, as long as you got enough bucks, man, you can make life miserable for anybody who tries to compete to, with you. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you know, you, it, you know, and if you, and if they don't, you know, if you don't like that, they, they'll buy you. And if you don't want to be bought, then they will then basically make you irrelevant by adding whatever it is that you charge money for into their op, uh, operation for free because yeah. <laughs> you know, they're big enough to do that or at yeah. least for free until you're no longer in a, a, an entity and then they'll you know yeah. so yeah 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 you know the question is the way the laws are written how is this actually going to boil down you know are we is 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 google going to be forced to uh, or, or maybe not even Google because they're not the the one who Biggest. actually hold the strings. What you know are people who um, uh, who manufacture or create or, or write software for browsing the internet. So Chrome, which is Google, Safari, which is Apple. You know Microsoft has has theirs, and Microsoft obviously defaults to to Bing um, as their search engine, but. Mm-hmm. Um, 
are they going to be forced to do something sort of like um, Microsoft was forced to do when the EU back in the day said Internet Explorer is too dominant, and so uh, you're going to have to allow people when they install Windows to select which browser they want to use. And well, then, you know, are they going to say, well, now you're going to have to when you install a web browser, uh, give people I, the option to pick which because they can just, change it now. It just occurred to me. There's no way that Google can continue to grow in the search engine with AI out there because everybody's going to have their own AI. Well, like I said earlier, I think Google's just going to be sort of a meta AI that points to all these specialized AIs, plus they've got their own AI. So I think yeah. they're, they're going to be as dominant as the ever because the issue isn't even what their, their product is. It's that their product is the default option on virtually every browser on the planet. And, mm -hmm. and so, you know, you install software and you get Google as your browser unless you actively do something to change it. And mm -hmm. while techie people might almost, you know, it's funny. I was having, I, I'm still here. I, I'm here. cut me off yeah so i was just saying that you know i this this past weekend i actually had a thing where i thought i was having some issues trying to search for something and i thought well maybe it's a problem so i changed my default search search back to google and and turned out wasn't a that wasn't the issue and i was able to get everything working but uh after a day, I went and I, I kept doing some searches, and I didn't like the, the results I was getting. I actually changed from Google back to DuckDuckGo. That's what I'm used to, and it worked better for me. So I switched back to DuckDuckGo, which is what I use as my default search engine everywhere. But most people, yeah, but most people don't. Most, you know, techie people, I think a lot of techie people use DuckDuckGo. Um, I don't know of anybody that I've ever talked to that uses Bing. Uh, even the um, the people who run Windows don't use Bing because they don't use Internet Explorer, or it's not called Internet Explorer anymore. What's their new one called? Um, I'm blanking on it. But uh, they uh, the, the world tends to use Chrome as their browser, and you know that's a Google product. And by golly, it's going to search Google. Um, you know, I don't like Chrome because it's it's very power inefficient on most devices. It it just eats battery life on laptops and and memory. It's very memory intensive. Intensive. You can just see the difference between opening a, a Chrome web page and a and a Safari web page and starting to open tabs. And Chrome just uses a lot more CPU and memory than the um, than Safari on at least on Apple devices. So uh, I can't speak for Windows. I haven't done that test on Windows devices. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. The U.S. is less likely to impose those kinds of rules about, you know, forcing companies to give options as to which, is, which software is going to be your default than the EU is. Um, in, in, the, in Europe, uh, I can see them maybe talking to Google or talking to browser um, uh you, uh, manufacturers, browser makers to say, you know, you guys need to, you, you can accept money from Google as the default, but, but, uh, but they can't be the default without having, giving people the option on installation as to which, uh, search engine they want to use. I don't know. It's, you know, Google is the Kleenex of the search engine world, right? I mean, 
doesn't matter what kind of tissue you use, most people refer to it as Kleenex. doesn't matter which search engine you use, most people say, I'm going to go Google something. Um, I, I think most people would pick Google just because that's what they know. So even if they even if they changed it, their dominance is pretty pretty much embedded. Right, and I I would say most people probably think so as well. Although, like my my twenty four hour experience was, I didn't like the results. I didn't like the interface that I got with using Google as my default search engine. So I switched back to DuckDuckGo. It's just a cleaner interface. It's the best, yeah. Well, I mean, Apple in the in the documents that came out, Apple had looked at DuckDuckGo and and some others, and they felt that that Google was the best. And I would say Google probably, um, for a lot of people, is the best. You know, yeah. No, oh, it's definitely the, it's definitely definitely better for Apple. You know, and um, you know, the, I mean, it, it, oh, I'm just trying to think what's the other. Um, open source um browser that's out there no the browser the um because safari and chrome are the two that i mean chrome is the one that most people use and then a lot of people use safari on apple devices just because it's the default um and that's what i tend to use too for other reasons but it's it's uh, but there's um oh shoot uh i can't think of the name of the yeah, there's another one that's out there, and I, I don't know why I'm blanking on it, um, but it's um, th- their primary income is Google paying them to make that make the the Google the default browser, you know, because they're a a an open source browser, or uh, at least they were an open source at one point in time. So, uh, you know, it's it is what it is. You know, I we'll we'll see we'll see what they do legally. I suspect that. We'll go through all this, and then they're going to basically kind of, you know, give them a wrist slap and say, well, Google's not ideal, but yeah. Yes, he's talking to me, and we're recording. I think it's almost time we wrap up then. Uh, we've been going for a minute, an hour and 40 minutes. The last thing I just wanted to say was um, I did a road trip last week, like I had said that I might do. Uh, drove up to Beaver, Utah. Drove up on Friday. Drove back on Saturday. Uh, spent the night in St. George, beautiful little town right uh, on the border of Utah and Arizona. So I went through four states, California, Nevada, Arizona, and Utah, got some really great pictures of the annular eclipse and the ring of fire, had a wonderful time, met a few nice people, uh, had uh, a gentleman walk by and so he saw me set up with my cameras and he said, hey, if I give you my card, can you send me some of your pictures? And so, uh, and then a woman who had sat down next to us and we've been talking with for a while says, can you send me some too? So I sent, shared my pictures with a few uh, friends that we made and and uh, 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 Elaine and I had a really good time driving up and just enjoyed uh, the quick little turnaround. Uh, had a, by the way, also had a wonderful lunch at a family-owned restaurant in Las Vegas called Nora's. It's an Italian restaurant, affordable food and delicious. I had an arrabbiata sauce that was really spicy and just amazing with uh, Italian sausage and penne. And she had some noci and it was uh, with shrimp in a... In a uh, cream sauce it was just so good and and not very expensive of it at all uh you know i strongly recommend if you if you're in vegas and feeling like you want some italian go check out nora's they're on warm springs road 
Is it Warm Springs? I'm, maybe that's not right, but just to find Nora's in Yelp. They got like 4.2 stars in Yelp. That's how we found them, and they were great. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you sent me screenshots of, of other people's pictures. I could get the zoom ones. I had a 750 millimeter lens with a filter on it. I sent you the pictures that I had that were pretty, uh, as good as any I've seen, but from anybody else. Um, so, um, I tried taking some pictures with my, with the telephoto lens on my Apple. I held a, you know, like the glasses in front of the, the camera on the phone and, and just used my iPhone to snap a picture and a, they were small and B, they were just atrocious. It didn't want to focus properly and it, and it couldn't quite get the, the look right. So, um, but, uh, you know, I had uh, some a uh, couple different Nikon bodies and lenses. And so I got a, a fair amount of pictures. I was very, very happy with uh, uh, with the whole experience. And like I said, we met some nice people. And, uh, you know, other than on the way up, we got stuck in some traffic because they were doing some road work and squished us down to one lane. And there was a lot of people heading that way. It uh, It worked out pretty well. So... So rather than listen to you crunch while we're uh, recording, why don't we call it? <laughs> yeah, well, and, and, and I know if you put food in front of you, you're not going to wait. Don't let it go cold. No reason to. No reason to. We've gone long enough. So thanks, everybody. Oops, wrong, wrong recording. There we go. Ha! All right. Thanks again for joining us on Generation Tech. We'll be back again next Monday. Have a wonderful week.